Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, Defense and Special Teams Edition. That's right, back-to-back defensive-minded podcast. Great day to be great. I'm Ian Hart. It's joining me, as always, the one, the only, Dwayne, the Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, we had a lovely IDP conversation with PFF's finest John Macri last week. Now, and this is my goal. I want this podcast to be 15 minutes long. Maybe it's already 45 minutes and you're listening <laughs> to it and you know I'm full of shit as I say this right now. But I don't think we need to spend that much time on it. But I'm happy we did, Dwayne, because the way it's been going, we do our FFPC drafts. We get to round 17, 18, and then we're like, all right, let's frankly, you know, look up some schedules here. <laughs> I've now put in the work. I'm now feeling good about our DST selection. I, yeah, I'm with you. I, it feels good to have this done. And to be fair, like I, I squarely put the onus on you, like in multiple <laughs> drafts, like Ian, why have you not done the defensive work? And then you send me a, a DM this weekend. You're like, hey, dude, I finally did the research. So yeah, let's dive in, man. I'm excited. I woke up on Sunday far too hungover, was enjoying the uh, UFC fights, was at the pool all day Saturday with the lady, but I was like, damn it, I need to get something done today and get it done. I did. I am now feeling good about the DST selection. So first disclaimer. Do not draft one if you don't need one necessarily. We're starting to get to the point where it's okay because, you know, no, there's no preseason football to be played. There's not really that much chance of an injury. But just the idea behind it is if, especially if you're in like a 15, 16 round draft, if there are legitimate handcuffs or upside wide receivers left, don't take your defense yet because they're just, there's more opportunity to be had to get the running back. Like even a Boston Scott, like if Miles Sanders isn't healthy by week one, Boston Scott is someone reasonable that's going to be a, a suggested waiver wire pickup, whereas the defense you're selecting, well, in all likelihood, there will be a reasonable enough one still on the waiver wire. So I do agree with the notion that you don't need to draft a kicker or defense if your league doesn't require you to do so. If they do, this podcast is for you. So, Dwayne, the one stat I love to look at with defense it's called Havoc. I found it in like the sharp college football circles back in the day, and I've been trying to apply it since. And last year, it was like eight of the top 10 defenses were also top 10 in Havoc. Uh, two years ago, eight of the top 10. Last year, it was eight of the top 12. Basically, the stat is tackles for a loss, plus forced fumbles, plus interceptions, plus pass deflections, plus pressures, all divided by plays. And when you look at just defensive scoring, to me, this is the more predictable stuff. It's trying to find defenses that are trying to actively living in the opponent's backfield because once you get into starting to try to predict the weekly point totals, it can just get screwy in a hurry. So top 12 defenses in Havoc from last season, the Buccaneers, Bills, Cowboys, 49ers, Packers, top five. After them, Dolphins, Rams, Raiders, Chiefs, Bengals, Saints, and Colts. Dwayne, again, I think a, a good note from the John Macri podcast we did IDP, Pressure over, even though we want sacks, like obviously we want sacks, pressures is going to give us, I think, a better base. It's more predictable uh, year over year than sacks are. And I, I love Havoc, man. Like this is a hot stat right here. Yeah, man. I mean, and pressure is the leading indicator, right? If you don't have pressure, you can't have sacks. Right. <laughs> so uh, you can, it, it's a situation where we're always trying to be like, what could be the one step ahead of, right, the actual result that we're getting? Yeah. And so when you think about sacks, which also ties to the forced fumbles, forces bad decisions by the passer which can lead to interceptions all those things like so to me like i love the I, I love what you've done here with havoc like the thing i love the most about it honestly are the tackles for loss and the pressures i you know i don't know how much research you've done as far as how sticky like this stat is like period you know but we know i know for sure that pressures you know um it's actually something we that we found to be pretty sticky year over year. Now, obviously, if your freaking pass rushers change, that changes things. But as long as you still have the same unit, right, and the same players together, we know that that is something that has mattered. 
pass rushers can absolutely influence that. Same thing with changing defensive coaches. I mean, the Eagles posted three straight number one finishes 2016 and 2018, had two more top eight finishes than 23rd last year without, you know, Jim Schwartz out there doing his thing. So we also saw the Steelers and Ravens slip up last year after really having nothing but high-end finishes from 2016 to 2020. But also note the 49ers were number seven, number four in two seasons with a healthy Nick Bosa, number 20 in one season without and then we have actually now seen the Dolphins have back-to-back top 10 finishes under defensive coordinator Josh Boyer, who remains in that role under new head coach Mike McDaniel. The Dolphins, man, stuck out to me as the one defense because just having you know Byron Jones and Xavier Howard out there, you saw how willing, particularly in that Ravens game last year, they were just to you know blitz the hell out of Lamar Jackson and play nothing but cover zero, which – yeah, we can say it's an indictment on Lamar, but it also probably didn't help that, you know, Sammy Watkins isn't out there running to the freaking ball. It was right there, Sammy. Just go catch the thing. I don't know why you stopped in the middle of the end zone. We'll complain about that another day. But Dwayne, the four defenses that have been really adept at staying atop the Havoc leaderboard recently, the Rams, number seven, number five, number 12, number five, number three, and number five since 2016. Turns out Aaron Donald is in fact pretty damn good. The Bills, number two, number four, number eight, and number four since 2018. And now they added Von Miller. I see why they are the number one defense in ADP right now. Buccaneers, number two defense in ADP, reigning Havoc champions, top two finishes in each of their first three seasons under Todd Bowles. Another situation I think where just the manner and the style in which they play defense. Also with the just relentless amount of ballers they have in the front seven really helped them stick at the top and even the saints man not your granddad saints these days Dwayne. number seven number 10 number four number three most recently number 11 under longtime defensive coordinator dennis allen who now takes over for sean payton as head coach so in a vacuum Dwayne, if we could have the exact you know same matchup for every defense in the league rams bills buccaneers saints it'd be hard to go wrong with those top four Right. And I think the other thing you get, especially with the Rams, the Bills and the Bucks, TBD on the Saints, right? Definitely made some improvements on the offensive side of the ball. But I prefer to have defenses that are going to be playing with leads. And you're going to get that with the Bills. You're going to get that with the Buccaneers, because that just puts more pressure on the opposing offense to have to throw the ball. And then that allows like havoc, like to really take its toll, because once the defense knows that they're up by two scores and you're in the fourth quarter or or three scores and you're in the third quarter, they know that for the opposing team to really have any shot at winning, they have to throw. And so it just helps out the pass rushers. It just helps out everyone. Um, And it also just means that you're more likely to be ready to make a pick. Just everything gets better when you get to be part of a defense that's really good that's paired with a quarterback or offense that can really help deliver leading game scripts to that defense. And so I really love Rams, Bills, Bucks from, you know, that particular aspect. And again, with the Saints, a lot of improvements on offense. So we could see the Saints take enough of a step forward. You know, Winston just can't turn the ball over and do some of those things where, you know, the Saints could also be in an improved situation. Not quite as good as those other other three, but we could see more leading game scripts for the Saints this year. At a minimum, like the Drew Locks and Zach Wilsons of the world, like that's like our worst case quarterback that we can kind of have on one of these squads. Like we don't want the volatile guy. Like Jacoby Brissett is someone that, yeah, I think he's bad. You know, I've been on the record uh, talking about that plenty this offseason. I do think, though, in this system with that offensive line and run game, like if we have a quarterback, you know, only dropping back 20, 25 times a game, specifically trying to limit mistakes, uh, not the worst thing in the world if we can't just have, you know, a Tom Brady or one of those guys under center. So that's the first aspect of this selection. I want to try to have an actually good real-life defense, ideally, not just about the schedule, but Dwayne, the schedule also comes into play because, yeah, we look at the Buccaneers, 
you know, they're facing the Cowboys week one. We look at the Bills. They're facing the Chargers. So I'm not really looking to buy one of these defenses just because they're at the top of the ADP when in week one, it's looking like a potential shootout. So I went through. We have a great strength of schedule tool on PFF.com. I use that and also just kind of the old eyeball test looking at the quarterbacks to start the year. And six defenses really stuck out to me as having a great opening stretch. The Cleveland Browns are the only defense that I think if it works out, you can actually have them for weeks one through four. They get the Panthers and Baker Mayfield in week one, the Jets in week two, Steelers in week three, and the Falcons in week four. Again, if we had Deshaun Watson out there, it'd be a way more of a layup here, but still Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, like this is a talented defense, obviously Denzel Ward in the secondary as well. And they haven't ranked higher than 15th in Havoc over the past six seasons. But I do think one of these years we could see Miles Garrett put together, you know, the sort of just MVP level campaign that obviously, you know, he has the talent to do. So the Browns right now, ADP, like defense 16, I think they are the go-to defense if, you know, you find yourself. In the Washington Commanders, basically the rest of these teams are all going to be like first two weeks and we're going to have to go ahead and stream a defense starting in week three or four. So the Commanders, weeks one through two, they get the Jaguars and the Lions. The problem, Carson Wentz under center and Chase Young has a good chance to miss a chunk of early season action coming back from the ACL. The Denver Broncos, Seahawks and the Texans to start off the year. Now going into Seattle, obviously, you know, they're going to be pretty Pretty wild out there week one with Russell Wilson coming back to town. But with that said, we're still looking at Geno Smith, Drew Locke, and Davis Mills in the first two weeks of the year. The Indianapolis Colts get the Texans and the Jaguars to start the year. Enough said there. Philadelphia Eagles, Lions, Vikings, Commanders, and Jaguars. I probably actually prefer the Commanders and Jaguars uh, to the Lions and Vikings at this point. Collectively, it's still a pretty good start. And I just think there is a chance that the Eagles, you know, getting just a monstrous defensive tackle in Jordan Davis, who I think has the profile of being, you know, a special difference maker. And also low-key, adding James Bradbury as their number two across from Darius Slay. We can see Philly kind of getting back to being one the league's better defenses and finally the 49ers man like if you could just pick two offenses to play in the first two weeks of the year i do think you might just go ahead and roll with the bears and seahawks and that's, that's exactly who nick bosa and company get to deal with the concern is really if trey lance is going to have some early you know season early career growing pains and then he puts the defense into some bad positions because that secondary isn't all that great but my god just you know anytime you can get a chance to face pff's bottom two offensive lines in the first two weeks of the uh season Dwayne, pretty good stuff there so 49ers eagles colts broncos commanders and browns from a Pure schedule standpoint, those were the six that stood out to me. Yeah, man. And what I love about what you've done is now it's like easy to kind of start cross-pollinating between those, you know, looking at, okay, so which teams, you know, scored really well in the Havoc, and we think that their defense is going to be similar this year. And they've also got this really strong start, you know, to the season. So, yeah, I looked through the schedule as well, and these were the exact same teams I wrote down. And then there's kind of tiers, like if for some reason – you're in a league where way more, you're probably going to be able to get one of these, right? You sh- it shouldn't be an issue, but if for some reason you can't get one of these and you don't get one of the other havoc defenses, um, then like the final defense I would be willing to take is just go to the schedule. And, and you may, we may have some other teams that don't have three or four of these, right? They may just have the, the good matchup, like out of the gate week one. And so I think like, so for example, like I looked at the saints, they get Atlanta week one. That could be good. Now week two, you don't necessarily want to use them, but like they're good week three, they get Carolina. They've got a matchup against Seattle on week five. So there's also a way that you can just live the stream. I love what you did though here. It's like, Hey, 
if we could grab a defense and you know i've talked about this selfishly when we're podcasting when we're talking about drafts just because we do so many teams i was like i'd rather not be working the waiver wire for a defense after week one so uh it's also just a life hack for you folks if you can get one of these because you get multiple good matchups right away Bengals, another team that i think we've dabbled with already where they do get the steelers at home in week one hey if we can get trubisky out there man already already making some vintage uh, trubisky plays out there in the preseason uh not the worst thing in the world okay everyone that was the main beef of the analysis and with that my top four defensive special teams to target ahead of 2022 tried i, I gave four here just because again obviously you're not going to get your pick of the letter every single time so just based on the adps i saw i think you should be able to get one of these Indianapolis Colts right now going off the board as the third defensive special teams. Again, Buffalo has to play. Oh, excuse me. I said the Chargers earlier. Buffalo plays the Rams in week one. Tampa Bay plays the Cowboys in week one. So I just think when you get the Colts facing, again, Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence to start the season on the road. You can call them trap games. Come on, though. These are objectively two of the better matchups we could hope for during any given week. Anytime we can get those AFC South matchups. Not exactly uh, like the AFC NFC West rate. In fact, you could say it's like the anti AFC NFC West uh, if you want to run those like total <laughs> numbers. Uh, number two, the San Francisco 49ers. Again, when they have Nick Bosa out there, true difference maker. That front seven is loaded with talent. Fred Warner as well. Questions in the secondary. But again, we are looking at literally PFS bottom two offensive lines going into 2022 and i've heard some seahawks fans saying don't sleep on the offensive lines the rookies are looking good early maybe that ends up being the point man but if we are going to bet against you know offensive lines filled with a lot of rookies and unproven guys weeks one and two are the time to do it so honestly man all those equal it's tough for me to get away from the 49ers week one against the bears and like just having the seahawks in week two i would say out of these four if i have my pick of the litter i would lean 49ers as the number one defense after them denver broncos yeah again seattle crowd's gonna be going wild i It'd be ideal if we had some more home matchups in these, but again, beggars can't be choosers. The fact we get Drew Locke or Geno Smith followed by a, uh, you know, the Texans at home looking awfully good for the Broncos. Having healthy versions of both Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. I know they lost Von Miller, but this could still be a pretty scary pass rush. And finally, with the ADP as a defense, number 17, got to be the Cleveland Browns. Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. This was the one, it's the one defense in the entire league where you can look at weeks one through four and just really feel good about about each and every matchup usually there's one thrown in there even if it's like a vikings team or even like a lions team like we're just not quite as sure about them really being as atrocious as again the panthers jets steelers and falcons biggest concern is just jacoby Brissett. but again behind pffs i believe number one or number two offensive line and easily probably the most complete uh backfield in the entire nfl cleveland at cost i think has a good has a good uh case to to be the best overall value so if it's round 17. We got to pick it. You know, if we had the first pick of all defenses, I think I'm taking the 49ers. If I get to the end of the draft and, you know, the top 10, top 12 are already gone, I'm really hoping Cleveland's going to be there. No, I think this is perfect. Um, you know, Cleveland, obviously the one caveat I would give, right, is whenever they're playing well, right, without Deshaun Watson, it's probably with a strong run game, right? And so they're going to look to milk the clock. They could actually, in the games they win, it could actually be, a, which means they're going to be leading. They actually could be a situation where it may not even necessarily be a good thing for the defense because the offense is going to try to grind so much time off of the clock from the opposing offense. Now, again, these things flow back and forth. The better game script, honestly, for the Browns might be when they're not leading, right? Because then they actually have to throw the ball more. But yeah. you got to deal with Jacoby Brissett. But no, the schedule is great, man. Like, I don't see any other way. Like, when I was looking at the schedule, like, I was the same, I was the same way you are. When I was like, well, wow, like, 
that's just really a good four team start. And look, if you're two weeks in and they're sucking, then you can just go ahead and make the pivot and be like, well, it doesn't matter. They have a good schedule, but I'm just going to switch. And by then there's going to be some other teams that are going to be on the wire. that are going to have other good matchups and we'll have a better idea of really how some of these defenses look after two weeks. So yeah, I love Cleveland as basically, you know, one of the teams you can get at the very end of your draft. If you decide to completely wait on defense, I also think the order is correct. Like the Colts are my preference, but they're also the one that would go the soonest. I think 49ers are second. They are also the sixth defense off the board. And then Denver is the next. Not quite the havoc rate, but to your point, get Randy Gregory. That could actually end up being an upgrade over Von Miller. Like at this point in Gregory's uh, career, I don't think that that's crazy to think. We still love Von Miller, but he's, he's getting older. And so, yeah, I like the Broncos as well. And we know the Broncos now are going to probably play with more leads, right? Having Russell Wilson. Now they're in a tough division, so there's going to be shootouts too. But I think just in having Russell Wilson alone, we don't have to worry about, you know, all like the pick, you know, as many of the interceptions and turnovers and things that put their defense in a bad situation where, you know, they've got terrible field position, right? That they're having to try to defend from an opposing offense, which can equal more points. So, yeah, I think this is a really good list. Um, And I love the idea of the Browns at the very end. Colts, 49ers, Broncos, and Browns. Those are the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Top four recommended defense and special teams ahead of 2022. Dwayne, as for a kicker analysis, uh, don't join a league with kickers. And if you do, <laughs> I hate you. And if you still want to take one, just take one from a good offense. You got anything else? Um, I thought that was a perfect summary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we will be back plenty this week. Just want to kind of, again, we've we've gone through every player at this point, almost every single draft strategy, but still, as we get into the final week of the preseason, we'll have another preseason takeaway pods where we're just showing the ranking adjustments. Also want to go through, just be on the record with our guys, our fades, things of that nature. And we will be having at least one more FFPC draft this week, if not two. And hey, now we don't have to worry about the defenses at the end of it, Dwayne. So anything you want to get off your chest and uh, let the people know we got over at pff.com yeah so obviously the utilization report i'm working on right now but just reposted last week i went and refreshed all the strategy articles so for those of you that look you know the quarterback running back receiver tight end went and updated those based on all the preseason things that have been going on as well as the new adp so if you're looking kind of for that map of how you can approach each position those are fully updated um then I've got the utilization stuff that'll come out tomorrow and then tiers and rankings. We're obviously going to continue to fine tune and getting all of those things over into, you know, our new tools over at PFF and into the app. Like, obviously that's a big part of what we're doing this week too. Speaking of those new tools, PFF plus fantasy draft guide. I got a DM from someone that actually was using this like for their draft and the squad looked like you and me drafted it, Dwayne. Like this was I know. best I case. I got one and- too. I got some DMs too. It's so awesome. I, I absolutely love it. And it's, we've gotten some great feedback on it. And it's just, I want to reiterate again, this is our first draft of this. I am so excited for just the extra features we'll have eventually. But even as it stands now, man, I really think it's, it's incredibly useful again to be able to go through, get myself, yours, Nathan Yonke, Kevin Cole's round by round recommendations, analysis on every single player. You have the opportunity where I get it. You're on a clock. Sometimes there's not much time. You just want all your information, your ADP, your projections, your just blurb of analysis. You want it in one spot. And that's what we were trying to give you all there with targets and just recommended available players that we prefer throughout each and every round. So again, PFF plus fantasy draft guide. It's not your traditional draft guide, but you know what, Dwayne, the year 2022, I think it's about time we try to mix things up and uh, try something new there. So again, you can try it free today get it free for a week check out pff.com the pff plus fantasy draft guide just trying to win some championships win some money have a good time doing it why the hell not 
For Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thanks for as always for tuning in to one of the shortest editions of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast ever. And until next time, take care, everybody. <laughs>